The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in, because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus had appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he had said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My theme this morning is second chances. Some of you may remember the television advertisement from the 1990s for Head and Shoulders Shampoo. You may recall the punchline was, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. The horrific moment, of course, that one where you realize you have a few flakes of dandruff on your shoulder when you've met the girl or the boy of your dreams or when you're interviewing for that perfect job, it's all for naught because you have a little dandruff. Of course, first impressions may be wrong, or at least incomplete, and so getting a chance to make a second impression could be a very good thing. I'm reminded in my own life of the first time Jamie and I met, my wife. It was summer vacation, and I had just moved to the boarding school where we were both to be teaching. I was already dutifully preparing my lessons for the fall. I was very nervous working hard already. This was probably June. School doesn't start till September. Jamie had been there for about a year, uh, but had been, was away for the summer, but was back briefly for the day. And she knocked, and I got up from my studies to open the door. And she breezed in, saying her name, and asked me mine. And then she sat on my couch and said cheerfully, Just tell me everything about yourself and get it over with. It's easier that way. (laughs) Well, I sat there mute like a stone. Didn't know what to say. Completely uncommunicative. Later, I learned that that new living situation had been characterized to her best friend like this. Some stiff from Yale just moved in down the hall from me. I don't know what to make of him. Fortunately, I got an opportunity to make a different impression the next time. Our readings today are about second chances. Saul goes from being the leading persecutor of Christians to being the most famous propagator of our faith in its history. God gives him a second chance. In fact, because of Paul's previous life, God's power is even more powerfully exhibited. Those who have been forgiven much, love much. And with this second chance, Paul changed the world through the love and power of God. The interchange between Jesus and Peter this morning also reminds us that our God is a God of second chances. You probably recall in the gospel that Jesus predicts that Peter will deny him three times before his crucifixion. And you remember that Peter does just that. In this exchange, the resurrected Jesus asks Peter three times if he loves him, and then three times gives commands to Peter to put that love into effect. Despite Peter's shabby track record with Jesus, Jesus gives him the opportunity to try again. And isn't isn't that what all of us need? second chances from God and from one another 
and perhaps most importantly, even from ourselves. At the heart of our scripture is a narrative of God reaching out to humanity, inviting us to start again. Again and again, God calls us to return, is what we'll say in our Eucharistic prayer in just a few minutes. Each of us knows what it's like to feel stuck, to be in a place of anger or shame or fear or heartache that we just can't seem to get out of. We can't find our way forward. We can't find our way out of that sense that things just can't change. We've done our best, or maybe more likely we've done our worst, and that's the end of it. We're not worth another chance. Or maybe there's someone else that doesn't deserve the opportunity to try again. One of the wonderful things about being a human being is that one day follows after the other. Every day we have a chance to try again. And I'm especially aware of this and grateful for this in my role as a parent A particularly weak spot of mine, perhaps some of you remember this if you aren't already still in it, is the morning routine. Getting them out of bed, getting them dressed, making sure they eat something, getting to the bus, and so forth. I'm not at my best in the morning, and it often goes less smoothly than I or Jamie or my children would like. And sometimes my only consolation is that As surely as the sun will rise, I will have a chance to try it again. (laughs) Regardless of how badly the morning went, I will have another morning. At those moments of consolation, it feels like God has built limitless chances into the very fabric of my life. Elsewhere in the Gospel, Jesus is asked, how many times must we forgive? And his response, you may remember, is 70 times 7, which is to say, on and on and on and on. And what is forgiveness but giving someone else or one's own self another chance? Or allowing God to give us another chance? Now, I don't mean to imply that There can't be serious, even irreversible damage done by our actions, either accidental or perhaps even especially intended. That damage doesn't go away. It's not hidden. Recall that even the resurrected Jesus, the Jesus who's risen in power, destroyed death in the grave, appears miraculously. Even he appears with the wounds remaining in his hands and in his side. The wounds don't go away. And yet, God's way is to move us forward, not ignoring the past, but building for the future, our future, God's future, with God and with one another. We're fortunate this morning to have some baptisms because baptism, I think, gives us a particularly powerful reminder The Christians are meant to be a people of new beginnings and second chances. As Margaret and Grace are brought forward to the font 
this morning, we note two things. One is, hallelujah, two human beings are beginning their Christian journey right here, right now. And the second thing is, is that the rest of us humans here who are trying our best to follow Jesus, we have the opportunity to start again as we say together, as we reaffirm our baptismal vows together. So we can thank God this morning and every morning that our God is a God of second chances. Amen.